I'm glad that you are pleased because that's what we aim to do. And we are definitely a reliable source. I'm Nikki Strong and this is VOA1, The Hits. Welcome to Learning English, a daily 30-minute program from the Voice of America. I'm Jonathan Evans. And I'm Ashley Thompson. This program is aimed at English learners, so we speak a little slower and we use words and phrases especially written for people learning English. Today on the program, you will hear from Pete Musto, Alice Bryant, and Brian Lynn. Later, we will present the next part in our series on America's National Parks. But first, here is Pete Musto. The death of George Floyd as he was put under arrest by four police officers in Minneapolis, Minnesota, has fueled anger over race issues in the United States. Reactions like the protests this month in many American cities seem to have taken place before. In 1967, conflict between African Americans and police in Detroit, Michigan, and other U.S. cities resulted in deadly and destructive violence. And in 1992, People in African-American neighborhoods in Los Angeles, California, took to the streets in anger because of a police incident. On April 29th, a jury found four Los Angeles police officers not guilty of beating Rodney King, a black man. Video of the beating had appeared soon after the arrest. In the days of violence that followed, more than 60 people died, and the National Guard was brought in to return order. Some experts say that economic problems have joined with other problems like the spread of the new coronavirus to harm African Americans. We've got a perfect storm, said Cecilia Rouse, a professor of economics and public affairs at Princeton University. She told the Associated Press that COVID-19, the disease caused by the coronavirus, is creating economic harm for African Americans. Health experts suggest that African Americans are more likely than whites to die of COVID-19. They are more likely to work in lower-paying service jobs. Many of these jobs in restaurants, movie theaters, and other service businesses have been lost because of the measures to stop the spread of the coronavirus. People are mad, said Monica Lewis-Patrick, president of the community group We the People of Detroit. She said the U.S. cannot call itself the wealthiest nation in the world and still have these major inequities and disparities based on race. After the civil unrest of the mid-1960s, the United States Congress passed the Fair Housing Act. 
It was meant to end housing discrimination. Two years ago, Marjorie Turner of the Urban Institute researched the effects of the act on its 50th anniversary. She wrote that African Americans and other minorities continued to face discrimination, although the clearest examples of it have decreased. Turner noted the separation of communities by race continues. She said the average white American lives in a neighborhood that is 75% white and 8% African American. The average black American lives in a neighborhood that is 35% white and 45% black. The current economic recession resulting from business closures tied to the coronavirus is very troubling for African Americans. That is because they had appeared to be making gains after the Great Recession of 2007 to 2009. The unemployment rate for black Americans reached a record low level last year. Black wealth, severely limited by the financial crisis of the late 2000s, had recently grown at a higher rate than white wealth. Some politicians and other leaders want to reduce the economic difference between black and white Americans. They are calling for policies they say will help African Americans. These include paid sick leave, a higher federal minimum wage, and possibly additional direct payments like those the U.S. government recently sent to most taxpayers. The U.S. Census Bureau reports that from 1968 to 2018, the average yearly earnings for black households rose 37% from around $30,000 to around $41,000. Earnings for white households grew 31% from around $51,000 to just under $67,000. But black households still earn less than white households. The income divide remains wide, although African Americans have increased the level of education they receive. The Economic Policy Institute reports the number of black Americans that have completed high school hit 92% in 2018 and 23% finished college. However, Black Americans are still more than two times as likely as whites to be poor. The official poverty rate does not include the effects of government programs such as food assistance and Medicaid. In addition, the unemployment rate for African Americans has been around two times higher than the rate for whites. In February, researchers at the Brookings Institution reported other reasons for the wealth divide. They noted African Americans inherit far less money than whites. In addition, those who become top earners are more likely than whites to lose the wealth they have gained. The study said African Americans also are more likely to provide financial help to friends and family. I'm Pete Musto. 
The video conferencing service Zoom has gained a following in China in recent months. The program lets users have video meetings or make video calls to friends or family. Users in China include people and organizations, from underground religious groups to women's rights activists. They see this service as a rare window to the rest of the world. But some Chinese fear that window to the world may be closing. Last week, Zoom said it had suspended accounts of three U.S. and Hong Kong activists at the Chinese government's requests after the activists tried to honor the anniversary of the Tiananmen Square killings. But the accounts have since been reactivated. The company also said it was developing technology to enable it to remove or block users in some parts of the world. Zoom is based in the U.S. and also has employees and operations in China. The Chinese government heavily restricts the Internet in a system widely called the Great Firewall. The government says this is needed to keep social order. All Chinese social media websites are required to remove public posts the government considers illegal. Zhou Fengzhua is the U.S.-based founder of Humanitarian China, a nonprofit group that pushes for the growth of civil society in China. His Zoom account was suspended. He told Reuters news agency that the biggest challenge has been how to reach people within China because of the firewall, and that Zoom once seemed to offer hope. China's Zoom user numbers quickly began to grow around the time of the COVID-19 health crisis. This was unusual because popular programs such as WhatsApp, Google Meet, and Facebook are blocked on China's Internet. Zoom's mobile program has been downloaded 5.4 million times from Apple's China store since January 1st. That is 11 times the number from the same period in 2019 based on research from the company Sensor Tower. While most Chinese users turn to Zoom for conference calls and friendly conversations, some have seized the chance to discuss important topics such as patriotism and women's rights. Some state-approved and underground churches use Zoom to hold services. Xiao Mei Li, an activist, held a talk over Zoom about Me Too, a worldwide movement for women's rights. She told Reuters she understands Zoom is not the only software, but we feel it's rather more accessible, she said. I'm Alice Bryant.
Scientists say they are carrying out tests on monkeys, ferrets, and other animals in the search for a vaccine for COVID-19. The testing can help researchers learn about how the vaccine affects the immune system, the body's natural defense against disease. If a vaccine causes the immune system to react in the wrong way, it could worsen existing disease. Researchers have already been seeking tens of thousands of human subjects to take part in large COVID-19 vaccine studies. Efforts to find a vaccine to prevent COVID-19 have quickly increased as the disease continues spreading in a worldwide pandemic. Scientists have also turned to animals to help answer important questions about the development of a vaccine. Ralph Barrick is a coronavirus expert at the University of North Carolina, Chapel Hill. His laboratory is testing several possible vaccines in animals. Animal testing lets scientists see how the body reacts to vaccines in ways studies involving people never can, said Kate Broderick, chief of research at U.S.-based Innovia Pharmaceuticals. With animals, we're able to perform autopsies and look specifically at their lung tissue and get a really deep dive in looking at how their lungs have reacted, Broderick told the Associated Press. Broderick has been awaiting results from mice, ferrets, and monkeys that were given the virus after receiving Inovia's vaccine. Three species were chosen to expand research results. Some progress has been reported involving vaccine safety. The first animal data from several research teams has found no signs of a worrisome side effect called disease enhancement. Disease enhancement happens when a vaccine causes a body to produce antibodies that cannot fully block infection. The weak antibodies instead help strengthen the disease. The first case of this happened in the 1960s with a failed vaccine for respiratory syncytial virus, or RSV. More recently, it has led to difficulties in vaccine development efforts for dengue. And some attempted vaccines for SARS, which is similar to COVID-19, caused disease enhancement in animal testing. Such problems were not reported in three recently reported vaccine studies involving monkeys tested using different methods. 
The studies used shots developed by Britain's Oxford University and the Chinese drug company Sinovac. The three studies were small, but none of the monkeys showed evidence of immune-enhanced disease when the scientists put the virus directly into their bodies. Some of the best evidence yet that a vaccine might work comes from the monkey studies, in which Oxford and Sinovac created very different kinds of COVID-19 vaccines. In separate studies, each team reported vaccinated monkeys were protected from the dangerous lung condition pneumonia. The researchers said the untreated monkeys in the studies got sick. But protection against severe disease is just a first step. Could a vaccine also stop the spread of the virus? The Oxford study raises some questions about that issue. The researchers found just as much virus remained in the vaccinated monkeys' noses as in the unvaccinated. The kind of vaccine may make a difference. Researchers at Beth Israel Deaconess Medical Center in Boston designed six versions of a COVID-19 vaccine. Some only partly protected monkeys, but one fully protected eight monkeys from any sign of the virus. Those results were reported by Dr. Dan Baruch, who is working with America's Johnson & Johnson Company on developing a COVID-19 vaccine. I'm Brian Lynn. Today, on our National Parks journey, we travel to Utah. The western state is home to several of the most popular national parks in America. Today, we travel to the eastern part of the state. We visit a park filled with strange and beautiful colored rock formations. These formations have been created over millions of years. They curve and narrow and balance on top of one another. Some are extremely thin. Others have huge cracks yet remain standing. Many of the rock formations seem to ignore the rules of gravity. Welcome to Arches National Park. Arches are formations that look like half a circle standing up. Sometimes they create a curved bridge between two large rocks. Arches National Park contains the most natural rock arches of any place on Earth. The smallest arches are less than a meter across. 
the largest, called Landscape Arch, measures 93 meters from one base of the arch to the other. Water and ice, extreme temperatures, and many layers of salt underground created these rock formations over hundreds of millions of years. The huge amount of salt is the remains of an ancient sea. It covered the area around 300 million years ago. As time passed, the area filled with material left by rivers. Rocks buried the area. This created pressure on the underground salt bed. Salt under pressure moves easily. It is not stable. The thick cover of rock created pressure on the salt. It moved this way and that, making the rock layers above move as well. A soft rock called sandstone moved upwards. It met with other harder rocks. These sandstone structures continued to grow for about 150 million years. Scientists say water is the most important element in creating arches. Water destroys the chemicals that keep rock particles together. The rock breaks as the water freezes and expands. Then the wind blows away the loose rock pieces. Erosion from wind and weather slowly removed layers of younger rock. Most of the layers of rock seen today are pinkish-red in color. The rock is called Entrada Sandstone. Experts say that most arches seen in the park today developed within the past million years. But the land formations continue to change slowly over time. But sometimes change happens quickly. In 2008, a formation called Wall Arch suddenly collapsed. Thousands of tons of sandstone crashed to the ground, creating a thunderous noise. It is not easy to predict when arches might collapse. Wall arch was not as thin as landscape arch, for example. Wall arch also did not have visible cracks. But many tiny breaks within the stone made the arch weaker than others. Some formations within the park look as though the gentlest wind could send huge pieces of rock crashing to the ground. These are called balanced rocks. The most famous of all is simply called balanced rock. This sandstone rock is the size of three school buses. It sits 
on top of a tower of darker rock called mudstone. The formation is about 39 meters tall. This bottom rock narrows sharply where it connects to the sandstone rock on top. Scientists call this a bridge. Mudstone weathers much more quickly than sandstone. One day, far in the future, balanced rock will no longer be balanced. Just as wall arch did, balanced rock will collapse. The names of the rock formations give you information about their appearance or structure. The most famous arch within the park is named Delicate Arch. Delicate means easily broken or damaged, but it can also mean very carefully and beautifully made. Delicate Arch is a huge freestanding arch. It is 19 meters high and 13 meters wide. Humans have called it many different names throughout history. The name Delicate Arch first appeared in a 1934 article. Scientists described it as the most delicately chiseled arch in the entire area. Of the 2,000 stone arches within the park, Delicate Arch has become a symbol of the state of Utah. It is among the most famous geological features in the world. Many of Arch's famous rock formations are easily seen from the single road that goes through the park. But Delicate Arch is not visible from a car. Some visitors choose to walk to two viewpoints. But even from the viewpoints, Delicate Arch is still more than a kilometer away. Many visitors choose to hike up to see the famous arch. The trail is five kilometers. It is the most popular hike in the park. The walk is difficult and steep. It offers no shade. The sun is extremely strong. In summer months, the temperature can rise to 40 degrees Celsius. Park officials tell hikers to take at least two liters of water with them. In winter months, ice and water can make the sandstone trail extremely slick. Along the way, hikers pass a wall of ancient animal drawings created by the Ute Indians. These are called petroglyphs. Petroglyphs exist throughout the park. They are a reminder of the long human history in this harsh environment. Before reaching Delicate Arch, hikers must walk on a long and narrow rock ledge. The trail is often crowded with people. 
but most say the heat and crowds are worth it. Delicate arch stands alone above a natural sandstone bowl. It rises up dramatically from the flat land that surrounds it. On one side of the arch, the sandstone gently twists. On the other, a severe crack cuts through the narrowing rock. Those who hike to its base appreciate and understand why it was once described as delicate. Most visitors to Arches National Park would agree that there is no other place quite like it in the world. It is quiet and dreamlike, unpredictable and violent, old yet ever-changing. A trip to Arches is like visiting another world. And that's our program for today. Listen again tomorrow to learn English through stories from around the world. I'm Jonathan Evans. And I'm Ashley Thompson.